Welcome to this podcast that is all about funding. From grants to crowdfunding, I will be answering questions and providing tips and advice on how to best move forward in securing grants and funding for your nonprofit, research, or business. My name is Holly Rustic, and I'm creator of WeGo Consulting and Amazon best-selling author for wish-granted tips, tools, and templates to write a winning grant. Want to get more grant writing and funding resources, books, and online courses? Visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com or wegogrants.com. Check out our free templates. Or if you have any grant writing or funding questions, you can always send me an email at hollywego at gmail.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-W-E-G-O at gmail.com. I'm excited to hear from you and to try my best to answer any questions so that you can increase your funding and impact your community and the world at large. So let's get started because money can be Changemakers, it's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding. Thank you for joining me today. All right, so we are going to talk about Are You Frustrating Your Volunteers? Eight Ways to Recruit and Retain Volunteers for Your Nonprofit. All right, this is episode uh, 044. So here we go. All right, so how are you guys doing with your volunteers? I have a lot of questions considering volunteers and a lot of nonprofits that really want them, but they just, you know, even when I've even, uh, oh my goodness, one of the nonprofits that I know, they had got this really great grant to actually provide volunteers for them, but then they realized that they were not even set up and ready for volunteers, so they turned the grant down. Oh my gosh, this can happen. So I have definitely seen this happen. And even on a smaller scale, I've seen nonprofits just not ready for volunteers or their volunteers just seem to, you know, flip over so much because they just don't know how to incorporate them properly and to really take advantage of them. So volunteers can provide help, support, and manpower for nonprofits. However, does your nonprofit have the necessary processes in place to take full advantage of your volunteers. All right, through this whole episode, we are going to find out how you can stop frustrating your volunteers and you can recruit and retain them for your nonprofit. So many nonprofits, like I said, I've, that I've come across understand the importance of volunteers and even want more volunteers, but unfortunately are not organized enough to really utilize volunteers well for their nonprofits. You may be confusing and even frustrating your volunteers if you relate to one of the following. One, after a volunteer starts, you realize it is more work for you to organize yourself to give the volunteer task to complete. Two, there never seems to be enough work for the volunteer, but you seem to be still as busy as ever. Three, your volunteers do not stick around for very long at all. Four, you never provide appreciation days or incentives for your volunteers. Five, you do not include your volunteers as part of your nonprofit morale or culture. Six, you have no idea where all the volunteer forms are. And seven, you want to get a bunch of grant money, but you have nothing in place to mobilize volunteers. I get it. You might be a smaller startup nonprofit and your limited staff are wearing 10 hats each as it is. But if you want to grow, then it is important to take the time to get organized and prepared for people to come and help you. 
All right, this is the same in business. One thing that I had to pause and do for WeGo was to lay out all the different roles needed even if myself and Tanya um, are doing a majority of them for now. But, and then we actually develop job descriptions for each of those roles. As an expanding business, we also must set things up in place to secure internships, volunteers, and paid positions. This has provided tremendous clarification and has really bolstered the organization. For one thing, I'm just clear on what needs to be done, who I can hire, what expectations and commitments there are for interns, and so forth. As I started my business, like many of you started your nonprofits as a solo, then gradually moved into including more people with more tasks as we grew, you know, these things had to be developed. There's these messy stages you go through in a nonprofit, in a business, and it's just, you know, basically like, okay, we hit a mark and we need to do something about it. And, you know, you kind of have to pause and kind of re get the fire going and then go forward. And if you take the time to pause when you realize that, right, instead of plodding forward and getting nowhere fast, um, then you can actually get things in place. And then as soon as you hit the go button, you are, it's like you're on the, the autumn bot, right? You're like flying, <laughs> flying down that highway because now all of a sudden you are set up and you're ready. So that's pretty much, you know, what you need to do to be able to really say, okay, let's actually look, why aren't we securing volunteers? Um, or why are we not retaining them? So here are some ways to do that, okay? So having your nonprofit ready for volunteers is just as important as expanding job roles and creating health for your nonprofit. You need to take the time to pause and you could seriously get this task done this week and get your, or get your nonprofit ready for volunteers. Who knows, you may not need that huge grant after you get a robust volunteer framework set up. That's how much it can be helpful. Number one, okay, before you go putting everything into order of what you need, think about the mindset of your volunteers. Why would someone want to volunteer at your nonprofit? What are they wanting to get out of their experience? And what do you think they want? in return. These are three questions that you should really sit down and ask yourself. Um, you can ask your staff and just, you can even ask the volunteers who, if you already have some working with you, definitely ask them these questions. If you already have volunteers, you can also draft up a quick survey and ask the questions or put together a brief focus group and ask in person. You may be very surprised by what you hear. If you don't have volunteers yet, let's just take a look. The National Council for Voluntary Organizations states some of the reasons that people volunteer include they want to give something back to a nonprofit that has impacted their life, either directly or indirectly. They want to make a difference in the lives of others. They want to feel valued and part of a team. They spend quality time away from work. You know, it's a nice outlet for them. They want to gain new skills, knowledge, and experience. They want to develop existing skills and knowledge. They want to enhance a resume and improve employment prospects. Maybe they just want to meet new people and make new friends. Or they want to get to know the local community. So those are all some great reasons, um, you know, what people have identified in this uh, research that why they want to even volunteer. So just by looking at these possible reasons that volunteers are interested in volunteering at your nonprofit means that this is a two-sided street and there are expectations on both sides. I've seen many nonprofits not fully utilize volunteers and have them only assist with menial tasks 
such as answering phones or helping with an occasional car wash. Yes, both of, them, both of these things may be needed and can be fine, but are you really providing the full experience for your volunteers while getting the help that you really need? All right, so number two, draft out what you need by creating simple operational manuals for every task. One way to benefit your nonprofit and the volunteer is to have manuals created for every task. In this way, if someone shows up at your door on Monday, you can hand them something tangible to do that will offset your work or somebody else's work so that they can step up into something more technical. This is a great way also just to train up a, or a volunteer into a certain role. So this is great if you had manuals set up for um, you know, doing secretarial work or, you know, even doing uh, grant research. Like there's so many different things that you could really have that would have a lot of meat to them. And it's not just answering phones. Yes, sometimes you do need somebody to answer the phone. But what are those needs that you have out there, you know, that are really needed and you can get operational manuals set up to do these tasks. You know, they can be calling all of those corporate <laughs> places, you know, and soliciting for monies. They can be doing a lot of the things that you really wish you had time to do, but you just don't. Um, and if they have a simple task list to follow, anyone should be able to do some of these certain tasks. So this is why it's so great. Number three, have your volunteers do more skilled work, such as fundraising, grant writing, crowdfunding, website work, and so forth. So this kind of goes in line with number two, but you really need to have manuals created or to have certain types of, um, you know, courses. So here, here we go. So this is something every single nonprofit I have worked with has stated that they wish they had more individuals to do the fundraising, the grant writing, the crowdfunding, the website, all that kind of stuff, right? But they can't necessarily afford to pay these individuals with those certain kinds of skills. So there's two things you can do. One thing is you can put out volunteer job announcements with the specific skills. You may be able to attract volunteers with those skills simply by providing a volunteer job announcement, right, to include all of those skills. So instead of just hoping someone comes up, comes around you with those skills, you can put it out there as a job announcement, but you can make sure to say this is a voluntary job, right? So it's an unpaid position or there's a stipend or whatever there is for it, but we are looking for these skills. And you might have somebody who wants to do some pro bono work. Uh, for a nonprofit or, you know, who has the skills and they just, they don't necessarily need the, the pay, but it goes back to, you know, as the National Council for Voluntary Organizations, um, you know, maybe some of those reasons, maybe they want to give back or make a difference in the lives of others or have a social environment, you know? So um, yeah, go ahead and just put it out there and see what happens. All right. Number two, you can provide training for these skills to your volunteers. So there are heaps of online courses now that are at very affordable prices. Psst, quick promo. If you want to check out the online courses Wego has, uh, we have some on Udemy and we have some on Teachable. So uh, we definitely make courses that are affordable for people so they can learn skills. 
And there's so many things out there like that and all different highly skilled areas where you could get books, you could get courses, you know, there's just so many things. And that would be like a lot of value to those volunteers who actually come on board because remember one of the reasons people volunteer is to develop existing skills and knowledge or to enhance their resume and improve employment prospects. So those would be some really attractive things. And you'd be like, oh man, you know, we can just outsource this uh, training and we can provide it for our volunteers, but you could also, if you're paying for those courses or those books, you keep those in your resource library, right? So if that volunteer ends up, you know, they, they're no longer volunteering with you, you're not losing necessarily a valuable person that you've spent a lot of money and time in training. You still have those resources available that uh, other people can learn from other volunteers that come on. So that could definitely be an awesome way. Number four, provide appreciation for your volunteers. Volunteers appreciate appreciation. Everyone does, but especially those who you aren't paying, all right? So when you appreciate volunteers, they will be more likely to feel good about what they are doing and stick around. Appreciation should be all year round, but you can also do a bigger annual fun event too. An annual volunteer appreciation event doesn't have to be a black tie event at an upscale hotel in town although it could be. But the Volunteer Appreciation Day could be an afternoon bowling, an ice cream social, or any number of simple items. This will help retain volunteers if they feel appreciated. One word of caution, I would stay away from potlucks. You want the Appreciation Day to be fun and relaxing for the volunteers. If you do a potluck, you know, everyone bring your own food, um, the volunteers will feel like they have to buy food or make food. This whole process goes against the point of appreciating them and letting them relax for that day. Sure, some people find making food relaxing, but many, including me, do not. All right, so I've done a lot of volunteering in the past and I've had a lot of, you know, okay, we're going to do a potluck now and appreciate you guys. And it's like, oh gosh, really? I've got to go to the store. I've got to buy items. I've got to cook. And you know, volunteers are usually very busy people. So they usually have a lot on their plate. So it's just like, oh man, that's one more thing that they have to prepare for just to feel appreciated. It really goes against the grain. Anyways, that's just a word of caution. All right, number five, include volunteers in your company culture. Just what do I mean by this? Try not to segregate your volunteers away from your staff. I see this sometimes where the volunteers are in their own little world and are not assimilated into the staff. Treat your volunteers just like you treat staff, where if you have them typing up a storm, don't squeeze them into a cubby on a makeshift table. Provide proper space and equipment for them and include them in the water cooler talk. All right, they are also contributing to your organization and deserve the same feeling of inclusion. Sure, sometimes you have big events and need tons of volunteers just for that event, so you may not be so inclusive to those certain people that just come like for the one hour a year. But for the long-term volunteers, include them in your company culture. Number six, create simple forms. Have volunteers sign commitments, liability waivers, and so forth, so you make sure you are both legally covered. I am not a lawyer, so please do consult with your legal department or HR for the correct forms, but make sure they are signing waivers of some sort. Keep these forms in a volunteer binder so it is easy to know the process of onboarding volunteers. The last thing you want is, oh, wait a minute, let me dig through this file. Who had that file on their computer? Where is the volunteer waiver? Where is this going on? 
keep a nice organized binder um, and have everything ready so you can make copies or whatever you need to make. And you know, whoever's onboarding them, let them know the process. Once again, have an operational manual for that, right? If a volunteer comes in, step one, have them sign this. Step two, you know, have them check off what they're interested in doing. Step three, you know, look at their resume. Actually have them submit a resume so you know what their skills are. You know, there's different steps that you can do as part of your part of your operational manual for your volunteer forms. So make sure you have those available and you kind of know then once they're all signed up and ready, how you direct them forward and how you really do the onboarding process. Number seven, track volunteer hours and tasks. If you have your staff punch in, I would also have your volunteers punch in and keep track of time. This is especially important. Dun, 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 dun light bulbs going off everywhere. <laughs> if you are utilizing volunteer hours to match grant funds, you will need to track this anyways. So keep it in the same kind of system or if they have an Excel sheet where they keep track of their hours, whatever, make them keep track of their hours. All right, you can also have volunteers keep track of other um, items like purchases, gas mileage, all those kind of things and reimburse them if they are nonprofit related. You know, they're picking up clients in their own vehicle um, and they're driving miles and miles every day. You know what I mean? Like go ahead and you can reimburse them for those kind of things, but they need to track it. Number eight, ask volunteers to chair committees or projects. There is no better way to retain volunteers than to have them chair committees or projects. They will feel exponentially more invested into your nonprofit into, and into seeing the project or program completed. So it's great, you know, a lot of boards are even driven by volunteers, right? And as soon as you're a part of a board and you have like an office title and you know you're gonna be in for a certain amount of years, you're invested into that nonprofit. So, you know, you may have volunteers head up a certain committee and say, you know, that you can be the chair of this, this is your baby, run with this. If you need resources, let us know. And really have them actually know what their task is know if they're organizing an event, like here's some resources and here's what the outcome is that we would like. And, you know, all right, now go to it. Here's here's some people that can be on your committee that can help you achieve that. Um, but really, if, if they're in charge of something and they can spearhead something, it's gonna have them be way more invested into your nonprofit. All right, guys? So remember, so those are your steps, one to eight, of how to retain or how to recruit and retain volunteers. Remember, volunteers are ambassadors for your nonprofit, so treat them with respect and allow them to spearhead change. All right, there you go. So that are those are eight ways to recruit and retain your volunteers and to ultimately stop frustrating them. All right, guys, I will see you next week, and I hope you have a beautiful rest of your week. All right, take it easy. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's show. As always, please feel free to send me an email if you have any grant writing or funding questions to hollywego at gmail.com. If you enjoy listening to the grant writing and funding podcast, then I would love to ask you a favor. Please leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. Thanks again for listening and go get funded.